I feel like a lot of people like outside of their parents also leave the church because of like a way someone treated them or something ha someone has said to them before. So I think... Action. Hey guys, welcome back to Keeping It 99. Here with another episode in a special location and with a special guest. Thank you, Becca, for coming on the podcast. You're welcome. This is part one of our Coptic youth, Coptic life series, so... You know, it's a great way to start off the series in a, you know, ho hopefully this is a fun series and fun episode and we're not stuck in this corner ever again because it's really awkward. But anyways, thank you, Becca, for coming on and taking time out of your day. You're welcome. So my first question to you is like, you know, what does it mean to be a Coptic person? Like, what does that mean to you? <laughs> like, Why is it, is it weird like hearing yourself or something like? It is weird hearing myself, but I have to like think of the question. No, you don't. You just got to give the first thing that comes to your head. You know, it's like a, it's like whatever answer comes, you just go. Got to be fluid. Not. Well, being Coptic, I feel like a big part of it, like more than the Coptic is being Christian. And that's a really important part about it. Hearing my voice. <laughs> if you don't, if you really dislike it, you take the headset off, it's fine. But. Um, and it's like being a Christian, but like not very common in America, so which makes it a little bit more difficult because when I say I'm Coptic, no one really understands what I'm talking about. And that's basically it. I don't really know what else to I mean, say. It's fine. Like, whatever it means to you. Um, yeah, I think. You know, for a lot of people, it's, it's, it's a lot of Coptic people. It's hard to kind of, it's, it's, it's not like a really easy question to answer. It is it's a, not. it is a hard question to answer yeah. because it's like, you know, a lot of people don't think about it like that. No one really thinks about it. Like what does being Coptic mean to me? It's just kind of like, what do I mean? Or like, what is my role in like the kind of like the, the world of being, you know, Yeah. Coptic? And like we grow up going to the Coptic church. So it's not something you generally think about. It's something you get used to doing. Like I go to church and we do liturgy and we have longer liturgy and our Holy Week is different. And it's something you just get used to, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, I, I agree. It is definitely something you get used to, like being born in the church. Do you find that as kind of like an obstacle um, when you're like, you know, developing like friendships with others at all? Yeah, because everyone will talk about like going to church together and you don't really like do it, can't do it because you go to a Coptic church and no one's going to come with you because also we speak English, Arabic and Coptic. And so most of them won't even understand what we're saying during liturgy. And also the length of our services is completely different than like any other church. Yeah. Does like you're in college, uh, yeah. you go to UGA. So what is it like kind of, you know, having that faith in like a big school like that? I feel like it's easier because there are because it's such a big school, there are people who are Coptic at the school and there are people with a bunch of different backgrounds. So everyone's kind of more understanding. So in a way, it's easier than like in high school because in high school, everyone lives around the same area and they go like to almost the same church and their home is really close. So it, there's more diversity, basically. So you you find college as a Coptic, like from that like aspect, easier than high school. Yeah. Because it's just like more diverse, more people there. Yeah. I I get that. Do you do you feel like 
you know, maybe because like the, the, the Christianity in general is attacked by a lot of people yeah. and it's very easy to attack and it's okay to attack it. Um, do you kind of feel like threatened that these, like college is a very, college in general is a very like liberal institution. So how do you feel kind of um, going through college knowing that a lot of people, a lot of your professors, a lot of your classmates, you know, look down upon, you know, what you believe in? I feel like because they look down on it, it makes, it gives me a reason to like fight for it. Like to find a reason why what I believe is correct and to be able to talk to other people about it, like get reasoning and understand what I believe more. Because if you hear people like fighting against what you believe, either you listen to them or you find a reason why they're wrong and you your belief is stronger. Yeah, I agree. Because I, I think like when it comes for a lot of people like being Coptic, there's just, like a pride in it. There's yeah. a very like strong, I know for myself specifically, like there's a very strong pride in being Coptic. And that pride can either put you in more or push you away a lot more. Yes. Um, so how have you kind of used that pride to pull, pull yourself into the church more? I feel like once I started college, like as a freshman, it did not pull me into the church more. I feel like I kind of backed away because it was different and no one else was really doing it. And I felt like I wasn't close enough to the church and there wasn't a reason for me to be close enough for the church for me to like have pride in being Coptic. But I think like over the past year, I've, I have more pride and I'm more involved in the church and I enjoy coming to church more. So, and I feel like that happened because I was able like through college to see different like denominations and just different people and how they act versus like how I was raised through the church. So how did like more specifically, like how did those interactions with other people like pull you, like what, what about those interactions kind of pulled you in? That like, I feel like we respect the church and in like many ways, like I drive an hour and a half to go to church and I feel like a lot of people do drive a lot. Like it's not very common to find people who are willing to drive like more than 15 minutes for church. And so like, I feel like we respect the church and we want to come to church, even though like a lot of people will be like, oh, the service is really long. Like I could never like be in a liturgy for how long ours is. We still like want to. Hmm. That's interesting. I also like me personally, like the liturgy being long thing. I think um, it's something that as Coptic people in America, we kind of like overblow and we use that excuse so much because if you really pay attention and you really follow along with it, it doesn't feel long at all. It feels like 10 minutes. And there's like a reason that it's so long. There's a purpose for every part of the liturgy. And if you understand the liturgy, it makes it go by a lot faster. Yeah. And an amazing book about the liturgy. Um, I forgot the exact name. It's called like the, the rights. It'll be on the screen somewhere. The rights and something of the Coptic Orthodox Church by Bishop Mateus. Um, it's translated from Arabic, but it goes through like step by step, and it like every single thing that we do in liturgy and why we do it. Mm-hmm. And it's like a page for like, you know, Abuna puts incense in the Sharia, and it's a page, right? And it's like a really in depth. So that's a very good book if you want to read yeah, something about that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people ask that question, you know, why is it so long? Why um, do we do all these things? But it's mm-hmm. like, it really is condensed, you know. It is condensed. And also another thing a lot of people ask that I've noticed is like why we take communion so often mm-hmm. and how we believe it's the actual body and blood. Like I've gotten, even from my Sunday school kids, I've gotten that question a lot. And I don't think they like understand 
when we talk about like why we believe it like that they understand what i'm talking about because they think like we're crazy basically yeah i mean if you look even in the bible like it says when on um, the sermon on the mount when jesus said you will eat of my flesh and drink of my blood people say oh it's a symbol yeah. the verse like right after says and many people went away sorrowful like if you you know are good at reading you can kind of tell like he goes he says that and people thought he was like he people knew he was being serious so so yeah. many people left and were like nah this guy's crazy we can't do that you know so it's it's just another thing when it comes to like other denominations and what they believe um do you kind of find yourself having those conversations in college with other people more than in high school about religion about um you know philo philosophy if you will about like those types of things and kind of like do you feel like you have more opportunity to talk about your faith yeah, I do. Also, because like a lot of people will like because I go home a lot and I come to church every Sunday, it'll be something that comes up a lot. And then once I say that I'm Coptic, it's like they, most people have never heard of it before. So it always starts a conversation with whoever I'm talking to. So how do you, you know, how do you kind of like go about having those conversations? Like what are kind of like tips or like precautions you keep in your mind um, when you kind of talk about, you know, the Coptic Orthodox Church with other people? When I talk about it, usually I'll just like, they'll ask me how it's different from like another, like a Baptist church that like they probably go to. And I'll just talk about like, we do liturgy and we take communion every Sunday. And like, we have it multiple times during the week, but I like more focus on Sunday. So I don't say it, cause like it'll overwhelm people if you like mm -hmm. say everything we do and that like we believe it and that our liturgies are longer. And then like, I'll kind of base that off of like the question the like next questions they ask like does that make sense yeah that makes sense so like like d when it comes to, like the level of detail because obviously i mean you could talk for for years yeah. i mean like that people that's their whole life you know um how exact like how in-depth do you really go do you kind of or does it depend on the person who's asking depend like what types of questions they ask like it kind of usually like to start off i won't go in that much depth depth and then it kind of just depends on the person and the questions they're asking and usually i'll kind of know the person so i can like base like that conversation on other conversations we've had together and so like you don't overwhelm them or like maybe they're not christian at all which is also another thing and you don't want to like say all of these things about the coptic church and just push them away like i'd rather try to bring someone in slowly instead of like say everything and be like you have to do all this or like you can't be Christian. Yeah, I, I'll say it's it's very like, I think personal like evangelism like well, like one on one is so hard. It's so yeah. hard because there's there's also a relationship to maintain within that, mm -hmm. you know. And it's just, you know, it's it's just it's almost impossible. I can't do it. Like I'm re I'm extremely bad at it. Um, have you ever brought anyone to church? I when like I brought my friends to church, but I not not converted them. Like they yeah, ca yeah. just came with me to church. But most, like, they're not Egyptian, so they don't really, like, understand the Arabic that we say or even the Coptic. And so, like, I haven't converted someone, but, like, I've talked to them about it, but, like, just, like, slowly. Like, I don't, I feel like it, like, it can easily, like, make someone be like, I don't want to be Christian because, like, she's, like, I can't do blah, 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 like, when mm -hmm. I am Christian. So I don't want to, like, have to restrict myself. Yeah. And I think, you know, that kind of goes, like, like hand in hand with like this mentality that a lot of people have like in, in the world we live in which is like you know like there's some things that have no consequences and that you can kind of like do whatever you want and it's like a 
almost like a YOLO mentality. Like I can yeah. do whatever I feel like. No one can tell me not to. And it's like a lot of people think that's freedom. And it's just not. Like it's just not freedom. That's not what freedom is. And that conversation, I think, um, is a really hard one. Because it, it's so the, – the hardest thing about converting someone or even converting yourself, like within yourself, is letting go of the old and like renewing with the new. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of like in your personal life, like how have you kind of gone from like the old to the new? I think like first of all, being more involved in church, like going back to the liturgy, I think it takes a lot of discipline to be able to like go through the entire liturgy without like sleeping or wake up early to make sure you like leave your house early enough and like to be able to focus and like actually be praying during the liturgy and not just be standing there and saying what everyone's saying. Mm. So I think that's like one of the things like it's not like extremely serious, but I think like that does do it. Yeah. I, I like I definitely getting involved in church does more, I think, in your own personal spiritual life. Um, and I think there's almost like even like a time of life to do it. I think for all the yeah. people I've talked to, um, and myself included, it's like end of high school, beginning of college, like that's where which is kinda weird, but that's like kinda where you either go from going through the emotions to either really taking it seriously or to just completely going away from it. Why I, do you think that is? I think it's because like before that you like go with your parents and like they're going every Sunday so you go with them which is going through the motions like you basically have to be there and then Sunday school your Sunday school servants will text you to make sure make sure you go to church or like to go out with you and they'll talk to you about church and like your spiritual life but then like like starting end of high school is when we start serving so you either you're gonna start or you don't which either brings like serving brings you into church and if you choose not to it's like a way that you could leave church because you're not as involved like no one's counting on you to do stuff Mm. and I feel like that's a big thing and then like end of high school beginning of college a lot of people move away for college so it's not really you're not going to church with your parents anymore it's more if it's like convenient for you or if you can make yourself do it which is where the discipline comes in I think and I think that's why like during that time and you're starting to understand like what you can do and what you can't do I feel like. Yeah, I, I think also, like, as well as, like, kind of like what you said, is a lot of people, like, when they're going through the motions, there's still, like, I think even for, for us, like, when we're going through the motions, like, there are still instances where we kind of, like, feel God's presence or we feel, you know, that what we're doing is real. Yeah. Right? Obviously, there's times of doubt, but there's sometimes where we feel it's real. I think kind of what, what makes that difference between whether you do make, that, like, feel it's real at times or whether you don't is kind of like the foundation that was built for you by your parents, you know, when you were younger. And that's why, like, I think, you know, when you see people leave the church, you can always trace it back to their childhood. And I think as being, you know, like as you are in college, like obviously you have a lot of friends that, maybe not a lot, but you might might have had some friends that have, you know, either like left the church or like came back. So how do you kind of, deal with that and is there any way you kind of try and you know bring them back or like you know how do you deal with that I feel like a lot of people like outside of their parents also leave the church because of like a way someone treated them or something someone has said to them before so I think a way to bring them back like first of all you have to know their experience you have to know the reason they left or stopped coming and like base it off of have a conversation about that and and like motivate them to come like 
offer to drive them, like go with them. If they don't understand something, like explain it to them. I think always helps people come back. Yeah, I, I think like, obviously like I, 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 don't, I haven't really had friends that have, I've had friends that have kind of distanced themselves from the church. I haven't really experienced someone like actually just straight up leaving. Um, I can imagine they're completely different experiences, but you know, something that I've kind of realized is that a lot of people that leave, it's not like they aren't Christian anymore. Or like, it's not like they like forget about God, you know, like they still pray, they still like read their Bible, but it's like, they just don't want to be around some of the certain people or, you know, some of the stereotypes, stuff like that. And it's, it's always a challenge because a lot of our church is culture. A lot of it Mm -hmm. is, you know, you have capital T tradition and lowercase T tradition. And for us that, you know, tradition that doesn't really matter, like we take pride in it, you know, because like we're Egyptian and that's, Becoming from from Egypt to America, that's kind of like what we hold on to, and so a lot of times it's very hard to kind of tell someone like, "Hey, like that stuff doesn't matter." When everyone else acts like it matters, you know, those like little small things. And I think that's kind of, I think that was like the main reason why you know like American Catholic churches have started to become become a thing, because it allows for people who are don't know what the Catholic Church is to come in and not have to deal with the Arabic. Mm-hmm. Or the or the Coptic, I have my thoughts and on like that. The mentality. And the mentality and the yeah. culture, exactly. And it's always a struggle, though, because there's still that, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, still that, like, overhanging, you know, stereotype yeah. on it. So, how do you kind of deconstruct that for those people? I think it, like, depends on the experience of the person. Like, I know at our church, like, there are some people, even, it's difficult for even me to deal with them, even though I've grown up in the church, and I still have, like, not the best experiences with a bunch of people here because of the mentality and also, like, the judgment. Like, I feel like it's all of us experience it. Like, there's no, just because we're Egyptian. So, like, make them feel comfortable with you because we know that, like, a lot of people at church do it. And most of the time, I feel like people stop coming to church, not because their relationship with God, but because of the people they're around, like the community of the church. And it's not just like an issue in the Coptic church. I think it's an issue in most churches, but we see it a lot because of the mentality and the way people act. Yeah. But I also think, you know, if you're someone who has left the church, or if you're someone who is like kind of distancing yourself, you have to realize that the church is not like it like the the church itself and the service itself and God itself all of that is perfect and all of that is completely sanct- sanctified and everything is you know in order but the people like we're not perfect so we're going to mess things up we're going to do things we shouldn't but that doesn't define what the coptic church as a whole is you know what the people who are members of it you know what they do that's not what the church is and i think a lot of people kind of forget about that and people will stop coming to church because of like other people which I think I don't think is a good idea because I feel like I come to church to spend time with God like I can spend time with God outside of church but everyone like when at when I'm at church everyone's praying it's a community and even though like I don't I might not get along with everyone it's still helpful Mm-hmm. And like there are always people there that can guide you. Like you're you're not going to get along with everyone, but there are always people that can guide you. Yeah. And I think that again, I think I honestly think it's kind of a selfish thing. Um not, you know, to hate on people that do that, but I think like that's something that I've re- that I've kind of 
realize it's like a big difference between between like Coptic churches in Egypt and Coptic churches here in America is that in Egypt everyone sees it as a community mm -hmm. everyone sees it as a family and that's why those like stereotypical mentality things aren't really an issue because it's almost like within your own family yeah. you know it's like like you truly respect what these other people say you truly respect what your friends say like you take it to heart you know you yeah. take it to like yeah like they really want the best for me mm -hmm. whereas here it's almost like because of that mentality because of like the culture here and if you're born and raised here it's like there's a disconnect in that culture yeah. and there's a lot of clashing between the two where it's like you don't actually care about me but you're sitting here judging me yeah. you know yeah. and so i think like it's it's on both parties to kind of realize and understand that so being in college like you know and being like is it first generation second generation whatever it is being born here when your yeah. parents immigrated um what is that experience like you know kind of going to college um with your parents not really going to college in america i think going to college without my parents like going to college made it a little bit more difficult because they didn't understand like how to the process of going to college yeah. and like moving away <laughs> and everything and it was like at the beginning my first year it was really difficult and like there are still times that like i wish they came to they went to college here because like it would just make my life easier like outside of the like getting accepted academics like grad school and everything like outside of that just like spending time there and like coming home and spending time with them i feel like it's a really big thing because they feel like i don't spend time with them because i'm always at school but at the same time they want me to study so like it kind of contradicts <laughs> but like i feel it's something like i feel like we all get used to like yeah and i also think it's something that like makes us a lot more ind independent and yeah. something that makes us like kind of because like you know i know a lot of people a lot of friends from school that their parents like put their college list together, wrote mm -hmm. some of their essays. Yeah. And it's like, for me, it's like, you know, like my parents didn't know what, um, didn't know what Common App was until after I submitted my applications. Like, <laughs> so it's like, you know, like they, they don't really understand that stuff. And it's like my mom like, every single day asked me like, so like, how does dorming work? Like every single day, yeah. like, when do you sign up for or it? Or like FAFSA, my parents had no idea what it was well, until I did mine. Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky my dad, my dad does, you know, does that type of yeah. stuff. So he knows a lot of that, but there's like, there's just so many, like, I guess like holes in information. Yeah. Um, and I think being Coptic, like, because like, even if you think about it, like in Egypt, our ancestors were treated in Egypt. Like it's kind of like the same, like obviously we're not, you know, getting, you know, stoned or, yeah. you know, dragged out of church and stuff. Like, we're not we're not really getting religiously persecuted here. But we are, like, very socially persecuted. And we are, like, kind of missing a lot of things. Yeah. You know, that I feel like our parents, you know, in Egypt, they're kind of, like, in their own little bu bubble. Like, yeah. everyone in Egypt is either Muslim or Coptic Orthodox. Yeah. Like, there's nothing else, yeah. right? Here you got, I mean, the list never ends. I yeah. mean, you just <laughs> keep adding and adding and adding. So it's it's, like it's a completely different challenge here. So how do you, you know, kind of take those attacks from all those sides? Because everyone seems to find like Christianity is like a common enemy in America. Yeah, they do. And I just, most of the time, I don't really have a conversation with like about like the list that it's usually like someone who is like one denomination of Christianity or like, atheist I feel like is mm. very common now yeah 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 and so I'll like have a conversation about that but usually like I don't think I've been in a situation where I've had a conversation outside of those 
but I just like I kind of try to base it off of their experience because I feel like it's really hard to start a conversation with someone if they're not willing to listen Mm -hmm. or like if you're not if I'm not willing to like go off of their experience off of something they understand yeah I I think also like you know when it comes to kind of you know dealing with those people and kind of like talking things with them uh you know ever since I started this podcast it's so cliche but that's kind of like the conversation I've been having at school because people see this and they mm-hmm. always got something to say, you know? Um, and for me, it's kind of, it's so hard because I think it's important to understand when someone's just, just coming to talk to you, just to bash you and just to challenge you and to kind of, you know, just, they don't care really what you say yeah. versus someone who actually like wants to learn. Yeah. And it's so hard to find, you know, to tell yeah. without like straight up asking them. And obviously like, they're not really going to tell you, um, if they're, you know, trying to you come at you. You can tell after, like... After a couple of questions. Yeah, going <laughs> yeah. back and forth a little bit. But from the beginning, like, you go into every conversation about, like, Coptic and Christianity, like, wanting to help people, but you can't really tell, like, their intention of the conversation, which does make it really difficult. Because, like, I... Like, if I'm trying to explain something about Coptic being Coptic to someone, I don't want to like hear like a bunch of bad things that they have to say. Mm -hmm. I want someone who's actually going to listen and like to what I'm saying to them and take it and then ask me questions about it. So I feel like it also like bothers me. Like it can like make me want to end the conversation really fast if like that's where it's going. Yeah. And I think like a lot of people don't realize that. I think a lot of people don't realize like is that like people actually believe when they say things like Mm -hmm. for us like we actually believe like what we say and a lot of people don't they kind of like they make jokes about it and they kind of go at it it's just like you know like you know have some respect for like what other people believe in and I think being in college or being in high school like a lot you know a lot of kids our age don't really that respect isn't really in their uh priority list of things to to have in a conversation um and it's really hard because as Christians, you got to be, you got to put, you got to at least act respectful, yeah. you know? And like trying your best, yeah. Exactly. So how do you kind of deal with that? If, I don't know if that's ever happened to you where someone's just been like sort of disrespectful. Like, what do you do about it? You just like walk away, like kind of. I haven't really been put in a situation where someone's been like extremely disrespectful, but like I've heard some things that like I just didn't like. And yeah, basically I just walk away or like. If, like, I'm close enough with the person, I'll tell them that, like, I didn't like, like, whatever they were saying. Because it's just, like, if someone says something to me that I don't like and I'm close with them, I won't really be able to talk to them until I say something about it. So if I am close enough, I, like, will confront them about it. But if I'm not, usually, yeah, I'll just walk away. So why do you think, uh, why do you think people use Christianity as, like, a scapegoat? I think because... It's been around so long in America, more than any other, like, it's, America, like, was built off of Christianity, I think. So, it's been here so long that people are able to find mistakes in it. And also, the way, like, a lot of Christians act is not, like, doesn't represent the way Jesus acted when Mm -hmm. he was here. And I think, like, when you see someone act a way and they say they're Christian, it makes you hate the religion. Like, if someone's rude or, like, like they just, like, hurt you, you're going to, like, say, I don't want to be a Christian because they're acting like that and they're claiming to be a Christian, too. So I feel like that's a big part of it, like, the people. Yeah. I like your first point a lot, actually. It's, like, 
is that it's been around for so long. And I also think you have like the commercialization of Christianity yeah. and you have the Reformation, all those other mm-hmm. things. And those created a lot of differences within Christianity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All the denominations. And think, exactly. Yeah. And I think if you look at, for example, something like Islam in America, I mean, 90% of Americans do not understand that there are multiple types of Islam. Yeah. They just don't get that. Like yeah. they, they just, or if they do, they like know it, but they like don't understand what that really means. Yeah. And they don't understand the actual, because if they understood the actual issues between the two, they'd be like, this is crazy. Yeah. You know, like the, the Shia versus Sunni thing is, is wild. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the craziest things ever. Um, I think the Crusades are, is the only crazier, or you can argue not even, um, religious expedition yeah. anyone's ever gone on. Um, and I think also it's like, kind of like you're saying, like a lot of Americans, like they feel almost like scared to like trash on Islam yeah. or to, not trash. I mean, you shouldn't trash on any religion, but to kind of even like question it. Like if you've ever seen like a, like on, in, like on Instagram or YouTube or TikTok or whatever, like a negative video, <coughs> sorry, Bless you. like a negative video on Islam. It's like the comments are just flooded with like yeah. positive things. Like no Islam is great. No, like free Palestine. Like you can scroll for like three hours and you won't find anything negative. Mm-hmm. And then you see like a video of like Christians, like something bad. Like, Oh, look at these Christians are doing this. And the entire comments are like, yeah, they suck. It's like, how does like, I don't know. That's just, that's a, that's, that's a personal thing. I think thing. that also goes back to like it being here for so long. And when you're used to something like you are able to find issues in it, like in anything in life, I feel like once you get used to having something around, you're able to like, find issues in it or like mm. you just like something bothers you and like you just point it out all the time so I feel like that's also another thing people are so used to having Christianity around that they're they like try to find faults in it now yeah I agree well thank you Becca you're welcome that was a good podcast I appreciate it uh, make sure to like comment subscribe turn on post notifications and that's all thank you see you next week bye